الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قد اضلكم شهر عظيم شهر مبارك شهر فيه ليلة خير من ألف شهر أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected brothers and elders, brothers and sisters We are on the eve of this great Mubarak month of Ramadan and therefore we will be discussing some necessary aspects about this Mubarak month to try and prepare ourselves mentally and spiritually so that we could take the maximum benefit in the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that Rasulullah addressed the Sahaba Kiram on the eve of the Mubarak month of Ramadan and in this address that he gave to them Rasulullah said قَدْ أَظَلَّكُمْ شَهْرٌ عَظِيمٌ that a very great month has come upon you and then further Nabi says شَهْرٌ Mubarak, a very blessed month now this is the description that none other than Rasulullah sallallahu is giving that it is a very great month, a very blessed month. What can we understand the reality of this greatness and the reality of this blessing that he is describing? He is describing after having seen and he is describing from the spiritual level that he is on from that very high spiritual level which we cannot even imagine and from that high spiritual level Rasulullah wasallam is saying this is a very great month a very blessed month one is a child, he's got 10 rands for him that's a very great amount of money and then somebody is little bit elder, his elder brother who's now 15 years old so the father gave him gave him 1000 rands for him that's a very big thing. Or maybe 10,000 rands, that's a very, very big thing. But then his elder brother who is now in business, he says 10,000 rand is not even pocket money. Now he's talking about the hundred thousands. But then the father himself, he's talking in the millions. But then somebody else who's a very major industrialist, he says his millions all these days have gone now. Now we're talking in the billions. So everybody talks from his level. So that child, what can he understand the reality of that billions that the industrialist is talking about? Likewise, we are less than the children that have those 10 rands in our hand. We are less than the children in comparison to the height from which Rasulullah is describing this. And from his spiritual level, he's saying, That a very, very great month has come. 
So when it's such a great month, then it is the height of ingratitude to Allah wa ta'ala, that when Allah ta'ala is offering such great blessings, that the person then says, I'm going to do something else, I'm not really going to bother about taking these blessings, of taking these rewards, of taking this opportunity to connect myself with Allah Ta'ala. I will carry on with my life. This is the height of ingratitude and it is like a major insult. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. To understand how severe this is, we need to now turn to another Hadith Sharif. Another Hadith Sharif which is reported in Tirmidhi Sharif, etc. It is mentioned in the Hadith that Rasulullah once came into the Masjid and he climbed the first step of the member. He in fact first called the Sahaba to come closer, to gather around the member. And as they all gathered around the member of the masjid, Rasulullah stood on the first step and he said, Ameen. Then he climbed the second step and stood on it and he said, Ameen. And then he climbed onto the third step and he said, Ameen. So when he then finally came down from the member, so, Hazrat Ka'b ibn Ujra radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he is the narrator of this Hadith Sharif. So, he says that we inquired from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that we heard something from you today which we did not hear before. Never before we heard you climbing the member and stopping on each step and saying Amin. But this time we observed this and we heard this. This was unique. This was new. This Something has transpired. So what is the meaning of this? What happened? So Rasulullah sallallahu then responded and said that in the Jibreel aradali faqal Jibreel sallallahu alayhi he came and he said ba'uda man adraka ramadana falam yughfar that when I climbed the first step he said he made this baddua he invoked this curse and he said, may that person be destroyed who had the opportunity of Ramadan, but he didn't gain his forgiveness. In other words, he conducted himself in such a careless manner. He continued doing his uh, things that he wanted to do without any care and concern, meaning the wrongs. He was busy, caught up in watching still the same haram, still busy listening to sin busy talking and involving himself in all kinds of sinful talk, ghibad, and futile talk, etc. And he carried on in a very careless manner. Yes, he might have kept fast, but he continued sinning also. As a result, he didn't gain the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. So, Jibreel invoked this curse, and I said, Ameen. In another narration it is mentioned, that Jibreel after he invoked the curse, he said to Rasulullah you say Ameen. So hence Rasulullah said Ameen. Now can we imagine the curse of Jibreel, Jibreel the greatest of all the angels of Allah Ta'ala. 
and Amin, the greatest of all the Anbiya wasalam, and the greatest of the creation of Allah Ta'ala, Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's saying Amin. And where? In Masjidun Nabawi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And which spot? Right on the member of, of, of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, add all these things together, who's making the dua or the bad dua, who's saying Amin, and where is this taking place? And what doubt can they be in the acceptance of this? Now, why is this so severe? Why is this being expressed in such a severe manner? Why such a severe curse was invoked? Because there was such a great opportunity beyond our imagination. And the person is being offered this. There's it. Take it. Use it correctly. And despite that, he turns his back to it. Just for the sake of an understanding, the father is offering the son, there's this business, you can make it really big from here, it's already established, everything is set up, it's just a matter of now just running the business, it's all there, everything is done, it's set up, it's established, it's there, the, the, it's just a matter of now just running it, and the customers are already queuing up, and the son says, no, I don't want it. The father is saying, it's all ready, there's it. He is in need, the son is in need, and the father is offering it, free of charge, there's it, you just go to now take it and run it, and just reap the profits. And he says, no, I'm not interested. The father says, you're not interested, you're not getting this also, and you're not getting anything else also. He kicks him out, he feels it the worst insult. Whereas that father, what really can he give? How much can he give? Here, Allah wa ta'ala, who is our creator, our sustainer, Allah Ta'ala who is our nourisher, who has blessed us with everything. And then Allah Ta'ala is throwing open the doors of His mercy and rahmat. And throwing open this opportunity to connect ourselves to Him. And despite that, a person is being indifferent. You know, I will carry on my life as I want. I will carry on. I'll fast. It's okay. I'll make tarawih salatu. I'll make one, two paras of tilawat as well, some little bit tasbih I'll make too, but don't tell me to stop my sins. Don't t- tell me to stop looking at haram on the phone. Don't t- tell me to stop doing other evil, tell me to stop doing other evil, tell me to stop doing other evils that I'm involved in. That life will carry on. That is the biggest tragedy. Because this Mubarak month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala says, has been granted to you la'allakum tattaqoon, so that you may acquire taqwa. And you may connect yourself to Allah Ta'ala. This is what this taqwa is all about. And with sins, a person disconnects himself from Allah Ta'ala. So the month of Ramadan has been given to us for taqwa. So in the Hadith Sharif, this uh, incident that took place, there were three, two other bandhuas as well that were mentioned on the second step when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam climbed up and Jibreel Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Ba'uda man dhukirta indahu falam yusalli alayk May that person be destroyed who in his presence you were mentioned and he failed to send salutations upon you. He's failed to recite Duru Sharif upon you. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq to excessively recite Duru Sharif upon Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and whenever his Mubarak name is mentioned to recite Salawat in a gathering. If one time also that Salawat was recited that will take, uh, will fulfill this requirement but if it's recited every time, it's all the better. So in any case, that was the second one. 
and the third step that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam climbed up and Jibreel Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Ba'uda man adraka indahu aw ahad man adraka abawayhi al-kibara indahu aw ahaduhuma falam yudkhilahu al-jannah may that person be destroyed who both or one of his parents reached old age and he failed to take the opportunity of serving them and gaining jannat he went and just deposited them somewhere just abandoned them didn't bother about them may allah taala destroy such a person jibril sallallahu alaihi is making this baddua and none other than rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam standing on his mubarak member in his masjid sharif and he's saying amin to this Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from such a situation befalling us. So, this month of Ramadan is here. We don't have any guarantee that we will see it through or how many days we'll see it or whether we will see it at all. Allah Ta'ala give us the opportunity of seeing it. Allah Ta'ala give us the opportunity of being present in this Mubarak month and enable us to reap the maximum benefits. But we have to understand what is this great month all about and apply ourselves, apply ourselves very diligently. This is not a time for merrymaking, not a time for having a great uh, party, and uh, for sitting and chatting around, and whatever other pastimes we have. No, 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 no. This is a very, very great opportunity. The month of Ramadan we have been given an opportunity to adopt that manner and way that brings us very close to the sifat of the angels. Angels, the angels are the pure creation of Allah Ta'ala. Don't ever commit any sin. لا يعصون الله ما أمرهم They don't ever commit any sin. So what a pure creation they are. And the issue about the angels, they don't eat, they don't drink, they don't have a married life. So during the month of Ramadan, and not for the whole day and night, but just for limited time, for the day, from the time that it is Subha Sadiq until sunset. So for the duration of the fast, this is the time that a person now is prohibited from eating, drinking, etc. So he now maintains that for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. And now by the time it is sunset, it's now time for iftar, for Maghrib Salah. And then after Maghrib, he'll maybe still continue with whatever little he needed to eat something. And it's already time to get ready for Isha. And to get ready for the Tarawih Salah. And then by the time the Tarawih Salah is over, it's much lengthier than just the Isha, which a person is accustomed to. So now in the Tarawih Salah further, he was standing listening to the recitation of the Quran Sharif. So a good amount of time went again in the recitation of the Qur'an Sharif. So the whole day he was fasting and conscious of Allah Ta'ala, refraining from eating, refraining from drinking, etc. Conscious of Allah Ta'ala. And now Maghrib came, now it's already Isha, and now it's Tarawih Salah. And a good part of the night went in that recitation of the Qur'an Sharif, listening to Qur'an Sharif. Therefore there shouldn't be that mad rush to get over with Tarawih. Yes, there should be a reasonable pace. There shouldn't be the Khufaz should not be reciting in such a slow pace that those performing salah behind them become uh, very tired and they cannot manage. So at a reasonable pace, 
but not that mad rush, and especially that rush in such a manner that even the ruku, the sajda is compromised, the very recitation is compromised, that the juiz is not being fulfilled, and the words are being uh, eaten up as we refer to, refer to, refer to it. This is this kind of salah Allah Ta'ala protect us, this salah gets thrown back at the person like a dirty rag. And that salah curses him. May Allah destroy you like you destroyed me. Now the month of Ramadan, and the person is taking the curse of salah, because he is reciting haphazardly. One is a person can recite at a faster pace, but completely clearly, not compromising anything, not eating up the words, not compromising the tajweed. So he's reciting properly, correctly. Yes, together with properly, correctly, he is able to recite in a faster pace. Fine, provided he's not compromising anything. But then he's performing his ruku correctly, kauma, the standing posture after ruku correctly, the sajdas, the sitting posture between the sajdas, all that is being done properly. The salah is salah. Tarawi salah is also salah. Tarawi salah is also speaking to Allah Ta'ala. This is haphazard, this is compromised, this gets thrown at the person's face like a dirty rag, and it curses him. We don't want the curses of our salah, we want the salah to get accepted. So now there is time for tarawih salah, and by the time the tarawih salah is over, so it's already a bit later in the night, so now the person just probably has something, whatever, some refreshment. So now he wants to get to bed because he wants to wake up early for tahajjud, and then it's sehri. So, in that mode of moving in that manner, his day and night more or less becomes ibadat. And if 30 days continue in this way, in the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, in ibadat, and during the day then there's tilawat, there's zikr, there's dua, there's tazbihat, there's effort of deen, there's helping others, khidmat. So all this happening with the near to get closer to Allah Ta'ala wa Ta'ala, and 30 days pass in this manner, then this person will come out like an angel. 30 days he conducted himself in this manner, staying away from manner, staying away from sin, staying away from haram, staying away from speaking evil, from looking at wrong, but listening to evil, keeping the heart occupied in the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. 30 days pass in this manner, this person will come out like an angel, and he'll surpass the angels. Because he still has the capacity to sin, but he will be able to easily suppress that. And the angels don't have that capacity to sin. So he will surpass the angels also. But that is that opportunity Allah Ta'ala is blessing us with. Just this one month, 30 days, and you just conduct yourself correctly in this 30 days, you'll surpass the angels. And you'll come out like an angel yourself. But instead of now applying ourselves, we start wasting the time, we get involved in all kinds of futile things, and we waste the time in things that are of no use to us. Allah forbid that we leave the month of Ramadan, the day of Eid comes, the day of Eid we are rejoicing, but what rejoicing day is if we didn't pass, if we didn't get the blessings of Allah Ta'ala, we didn't get the maghfirat from Allah Ta'ala, because if we didn't get the maghfirat of Allah Ta'ala, Allah forbid that curse is following us. It's like the last day, just as an example, the last day of school, last day of madrasa. 
So now it's the end of the year, at the last day. So the last day is like generally a very, very uh, joyous day. People are very happy now. They're going now. It's the end of the year. So now they're going home and they, whatever, it's a break. So now it's a very happy day. Generally, this is the case. Some are very sad too. But a very generally a happy occasion, a happy day. It's like an end of the year, some jalsa or something. But now one person is also, he's in a very happy mood celebrating. But meanwhile his report is still now coming on the way. The report is all with rings. He failed. Now what he's going to celebrate the end of the year? What he's going to be happy about about the end of the year? So likewise the day of Eid comes. We are very, very celebratory and very in a very joyous mood. But do we know whether we passed or not? If that report of ours is saying failed, what are we celebrating? Yes, Eid itself is a very happy occasion. But the real happiness is that we pass. We gain the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. That is the real Eid that will continue then on the day of Qiyamah. That Eid will be in the Qabr and on the day of Qiyamah and then it will continue perpetually in Jannat. So the point is that this very great month has come we need to now prepare ourselves to take the maximum. We are already here. We barely less than 24 hours from the month being ushered in. Apparently, that is it. So, less than 24 hours. And now, how are we going to be approaching this moment? And then, how are we going to conduct ourselves thereafter? There should be actually a very, very great excitement building up. Like a person, some he was awaiting something that whatever he was awaiting, somebody for them, it's that some overseas trip. person now, the excitement is building up and he's going maybe for Umrah, Hajj, Alhamdulillah, provided that it is for the sake of that ibadat, that a person is going to be at Baytullah, he's going to be in front of the Kaaba Sharif, he's going to be in Medina Munawwara, at the Rosa Mubarak, and he's going to personally be having the opportunity to present his salam to Rasulullah That is the excitement. That is that excitement and also tinged with some concern and fear that I must not conduct myself in such a way that instead of being accepted, I get rejected. Not the excitement for the kind of, well, it's a overseas trip and it will be time to now chill and some kind of holiday mood Allah forbid that the whole purpose of that ibadat will be destroyed. Allah Ta'ala open out the Haramain Sharifain again and give us the correct understanding and give us the correct heart and allow us to make the ziyarat of the Kaabatullah and to present ourselves as Rawza Mubarak with the right frame of mind, with the right heart and as discussed yesterday with the sanitized heart and in fact the month of Ramadan we are now at the just at the threshold of this, we are about to enter this Mubarak month. This is the thing we need to do right now. Sanitize our hearts and distance ourselves from sins. Distance ourselves from sins. Sanitize our hearts. Because this is what's going to help us. The month of Ramadan is a time to take the maximum blessings. We're going to have to clean our heart out to be able to receive these blessings. So how are we going to take these maximum blessings? The very first thing is the stoba. 
Let us spend some time tonight, early tomorrow morning, and during the course of the day tomorrow as well, repeatedly to make sincere toba. Think about the things that we have erred in, the things we crossed the line in, and make sincere toba. And toba, as discussed previously, discussed yesterday as well, it entails having remorse and regret for what has happened, and also the firm resolution to not go back to it, to stop it, to be regretting what happened, and not to go back to it. That resolution must be there. Then it is Tawbah. Otherwise you haven't made Tawbah. And the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala will descend when we make sincere Tawbah. And the problems and the calamities that we are suffering will be uplifted when we make sincere Tawbah. So one is to make sincere Tawbah. And then keep refreshing the Tawbah. Throughout the month of Ramadan, keep refreshing the Tawbah. Sincere Tawbah and keep refreshing the Tawbah. Excessive istighfar. That's the first thing and the most important thing to do. Then together with that, to program ourselves for the Mubarak month of Ramadan. If we don't have a program for ourselves, we are going to end up wasting much time. So if we program ourselves, and we should even sit down and even write it out. From this time to this time, this is what I'm going to be doing. Starting off from early in the morning, I'll wake up, Sehri is at a certain time, I'm going to wake up at least maybe one hour before. So everybody has their capacity, but we try. The nights are long, and if a person sleeps away by uh, half past ten, ample time. Half past ten, if a person then wakes up even one and a half hours before Sehri, two hours before Sehri, then two, and then there's time again in the day to rest. So half past 10 is, in fact, late, a person can go to bed by 10 o'clock. The person can then comfortably wake up early in the morning. So, whatever, each one knows their capacity, each one has their requirements, each one has their health situation. But program ourselves. I'm going to wake up at least one hour before, one and a half hours before, and then I'm going to end up engage in some tahajjud salah. And in the tahajjud salah, some akhufaz, mashallah, we should try to recite as much Qur'an Sharif as possible. The person, not a hafiz, but we know some portions of the Qur'an Sharif. We know maybe Surah Yaseen, we know Surah Mulk, Tabarak al we know Surah Sajda, somebody knows Surah Waqiyah, somebody knows Juz Am, the last para they know, or some other portions of the Qur'an Sharif. First decide, perform two rakats, short rakats, two short surahs in there. This was the sunnah manner in which Nabi Salaam commenced the tahajjud and then we read more rakat with lengthy recitation as much as we can whatever is possible this is the way that Nabi Salaam conducted himself and performed his tahajjud salah so we try to fulfill the sunnahs of that morning as well and we try to recite as much as we can we may know some lengthy surahs we try to read that in our salah in our tahajjud so that is a very special time of communica- communicating with Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Inna Qur'an al-Fajri kana mashhuda. Allah Ta'ala says that early morning recitation of Qur'an Sharif, the angels are there to listen to it, and they take that Qur'an Sharif to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, the special reward of it. So, we should try to recite lengthy qiraat, so we program ourselves, that this is what I'm going to do. And then, have some time for dua. Very special time this is. Every night in the last one-third portion of the night, Allah Ta'ala's special mercies descend, and then Allah Ta'ala Himself proclaims, 
that is there anybody seeking forgiveness, I may grant him forgiveness. Anybody seeking sustenance, I may grant him sustenance. Anybody seeking some relief from a difficulty, I may grant him the relief. This is the last one-third portion of every night. On special occasions like the 15th of Shaban, etc., it starts off from the beginning of the night. But otherwise, every night, the last one-third portion is this great virtue. And now, this is the last one-third portion of the night of Ramadan. Subhanallah. So we try to take the maximum benefit. So we program ourselves, program some time for dua. And dua for ourselves, dua for our families. We take the names of people in our family, etc. Dua for our relatives, our extended family in general. Then dua for the whole ummah of Rasulullah wasallam. Dua for people who have been in some difficulty and hardship. We take the name and make dua for them, people we are aware of. Dua for those who have done any favors for us. Dua for those who have served deen from the time of the Sahaba Ikram and coming down up to our time and age, our Asatiza Ikram, our Mashaykh, all the people who have served deen and have kept deen alive for us, what a great favor they have done to us. From our forefathers and others up to this time and age and going up all the way back to Rasulullah wasallam, making dua for all of them. So some time for dua and then perhaps a personal program, the sehri in between, and then after sehri sometimes, there's still some time between sehri and the subah zazi coming in, that's like the prime time of dua. Unfortunately, that time gets wild away. Or we get engaged in tilawat or dua, and some ibadat till fajr, and then fajr is generally performed earlier than usual, it's performed shortly after subah sadiq. So fajr salah, after fajr we try to allocate some time, we can't do much, because we are tired or whatever, but don't just immediately after Fajr we just rush off to sleep. Sometimes it's a very Mubarak time. Between Fajr till Ishraq is a very Mubarak time. Somebody can't wait till Ishraq at least five minutes, ten minutes, engage in some zikr, some tasbihat, some tilawat, some ibadat. Then a person wants to rest, the person can wait and be awake till Ishraq in some ibadat, that's excellent. That is all the better. And then make Ishraq Salah and then sleep. Ishraq, what a great ibadat, nafil, two rakats, four rakats, two rakats a person performs at that time with the niyat of Ishraq, he gets the reward of an accepted hajj and umrah, accepted hajj and umrah. So, now we program ourselves, this is just an example now, that up to Ishraq now, then the person programmed some time for rest, then what time is going to wake up, then going to make some tilawat, uh, salatul duha, some tilawat, etc. Then the rest of the day in this manner, now if there's a program, there's some tartib, then inshallah, even if we did not manage to fully keep up to the program that we charted, chalked out, but inshallah much more will get done than what would have happened had we not made any program. So we make out some program, draw it out, sit down and write it down. Don't over, uh, don't do so much or try to do so much that we cannot manage and handle. Now the person is cutting down on the minimum amount of sleep and trying to pack that program so tightly that for two days we did so much and then after that we fall flat, we can't do anything. That too is not suitable. We have sufficient time for rest. We have sufficient time for whatever our needs are. But we program ourselves to try to do the maximum possible within our capacity. Nevertheless, the very important aspect, if we, number one, program ourselves and then we try to keep up to that program, then our time will get used very constructively 
and we'll get saved from wasting this time. So the other side of it is that that's what we have to protect ourselves from. One is totally refraining from sin. Totally refraining from sin. Because otherwise the whole purpose of Ramadan gets defeated. Sins of the eyes, sins of the ears, sins of the heart. Totally refraining from sin, we make that firm resolution that inshallah, summa inshallah, we will do everything possible to keep ourselves far away from any disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. And together with that, we make that firm resolution to stay away from all futile things. La ya'ni. Min husni islam mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'ni. Staying away from all futile things. Futile things, things that are of no benefit, neither in deen nor in dunya. If a person is making some ibadat, very good, that's excellent. But if at that moment the person is not able to engage in any ibadat because the person is busy, for example, with some chores. Some sister is busy, mother is busy with the chores. They're preparing the food for the family. So that too, the right niyad becomes ibadat. But at that time, that is not layani. That is not a futile thing. That is part of ibadat if it's done with the right niyad. So, what is necessary is that whatever is done is either constructive in terms of deen or there is a need for it, there is some benefit of dunya, if somebody they has to go to work, somebody has to run their business, by all means that is part of their need, so they are going to do it. So, when they will conduct themselves in this way, that number one, uh, we do what is necessary and whatever is being done which is necessary that we have the right niyat within the limits of shariat, then that is also going to, inshallah, be counted as ibadat. But we stay away from layani, which has no benefit in deen or in dunya for us. Now, for example, one of the things that we can understand very easily presently, we're sitting and discussing in detail what is the present situation about the pandemic throughout the world. How many people have died in America? What happened in New York? What happened in China? what happened in some other part of the world and how many people are presently infected in South Africa and how many people this has happened and that has happened and the stock market has crashed and what is the price of oil and all these kind of things. After all this discussion, the question is, what did we benefit? How did it help us? How did it help the person we are talking to? How did it help us? Zero. Zero. Nothing. We know what's going on, we have to take our precautions and the biggest precaution we have to take is to stop sinning and to make dua to Allah Taala. whatever other external precautions have to be taken, we'll do that. We know about it now, we've heard it repeatedly. Now there's nothing more to benefit out of hearing all this news or reading about that news or talking about it. So that is part of this layani now. Now that has become part unless there's somebody now is ill, they need some kind of attention, some treatment, something is necessary for the person's treatment, that's a different matter. But just this discussion about what happened here, what happened there, and uh, just going in all those details, how is going to benefit anybody? How is going to benefit us or others? It's just a something in our imagination. 
that is going to benefit us, we therefore have to discuss it. Nothing. There's nothing, no benefit in all this. So it's part of layani. So we shun that. We stop all that. And shut the news off. Because that news, whatever is necessary for us to know, we'll get to know it. We'll hear it somewhere. It'll fall in our ears. Somewhere something will come around. But in order to get that maybe 1% of something that might be of some benefit to us, that 99% is at least layani for us. At least layani. Often that too gets us involved in haram. Now the person is going on to some news app. I opened up that news app to read the news. And then in that news app suddenly there's a picture of a woman there. There's some other picture of something haram. There's some article which is not conducive. Now he went and clicked on that. So, so often that layani doesn't stay at the bottom, within the layani, it just trips over into haram. So, therefore, we shut that off. Now, if we're serious about connecting ourselves to Allah Ta'ala, we want to protect ourselves from that curse of Jibreel Salatu Salam, upon which Rasulullah said, Ameen. Presently, people are so concerned about protecting themselves from the virus. So what steps they are taking? Every possible precaution. The whole world is gone into parda. Many a young girl who is now reaching of age or past, already into age and now is reaching her teenage years and she became a little bit conscious of deen. Many would write up and ask for advice that now I want to take the step into parda but now, you know, it's so difficult and I don't know how to take the step. And sometimes they want to take the step, but the parents are becoming an obstacle and they're giving them all kinds of uh, wrong advice. And that's that protect us from becoming obstacles in the path of others. One is we don't do the good ourselves and then we become an obstacle for others to do the good. So many of them sometimes write and ask for advice that how do we take this great step now? We want to do it, but you know, it's so difficult and can't get the courage to do it. So now, people who are battling to take the courage to do it, now suddenly the whole world is in parda. Everybody is wearing a mask. Forget the woman in parda, even the men are in parda. Why? Because we want to save ourselves from a virus. To protect ourselves from the virus, but some, those who should be adopting parda are finding such a big difficulty in taking that step. But when it became a virus issue, it became easy for everybody. Let alone the woman, became easy for the men too. So now they are all wearing the parda all in the mask. Not that I'm saying that anything wrong in that. What I'm saying is that we have the fear of the virus. For the fear of the virus and to protect ourselves from the virus, we are ready to put the mask on. Why? We want to maintain our health. And we want to remain fit and healthy. We don't want to get sick. So in order to save ourselves from physical sickness, we are ready to take all these steps. And fair and well and good, no problem. Whatever is within the limits of Shariat, well and good. No problem. Nobody is saying that mashan uh, the mask. Uh, whether the need to put it on, put it on. No problem. But just as we are so ready to put on that mask, and even the men are ready to go into parda and put on the mask, by all means, I'm not saying that that should not happen, but what about putting on our protection from sin? and masking ourselves from all these things that are going to drop us into haram. 
how much care we should take in that regard. So now to shut off all these apps and to shut off that news and shut off that layani and in fact shut off that phone, all that social media, because that too by and large gets us involved in so much of haram, in gossip, in layani, people just all these things are just rotating and turning around. That amount of time if we spend in tilawat, how much of benefit we'll get. Even the permissible use of the social media, if we cut that off also, or bring it to the very bare minimum, permissible use, somebody, immediate family, for some just encouraging one another, something they used it, and just to uh, inquire maybe their parents somewhere, how you're keeping everything fine. Some very limited use, understood. But by and large, we can't maintain the limits. We start off on a very, very innocent level and a very permissible level, but before we know it, we've gone somewhere else. So if we can block off all the other unnecessary groups and all the other unnecessary contacts, and in fact we can shut it off completely, that will be the ideal. So we want to get connected to Allah wa Ta'ala. We want to protect ourselves from our spiritual health declining, from our spiritual health getting destroyed because of the curse of Jibreel Salatu Salam falling upon us, then now we are going to have to take these masks. We have to put on these masks of masking that social media off, of masking that phone itself maybe, of masking all these other things, the media and whatever else. And even many radio stations, by and large, mm. we get involved in a lot of layani in these things. On many of these things, we unfortunately get involved in a lot of layani. Understand carefully what is being said. I'm not saying that everything that is there is layani. But what I'm saying is that by and large people get involved in a lot of layani in it. And then many a times a person now is just listening to this happen and that happened. Then that becomes a discussion. And then some controversies. Now he's listening to all the... Can he digest it? Can he digest it? Or he... And then what good is going to be for him to be involved in that? And hearing about what this person said and that person said about the controversy. And thereafter, what? What benefit he's going to get? And has it added any value to him? Has it helped him in any way to connect to Allah Ta'ala? He should have one person who he has confidence in, who he has the reliance in, who he feels is a person that can safely guide him. And he should just take the advice from that one person and carry on. And then don't listen to all the things that are happening around. Pay attention to that. What advice you get from the one person that you feel confident in, the one person you have that munasabat and that compatibility with, the one person you feel comfortable to take your advice and guidance from, because he's a learned person, he's a pious person, he is able to inshallah guide you correctly, he's an experienced person. Allah Ta'ala knows who's who in reality, who's of what caliber, but for our purposes, somebody who is a, an experienced person, he's an, a learned person, he's apparently a pious person, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will uh, help us in this. We take his advice and guidance, Allah Ta'ala will open the door for us. And mashallah, there are many, many such people around. We have to see where our heart takes to. And we look at the right criteria, those criteria fit there, we say Bismillah and move on. Choose one person 
and stop listening to all the other issues. Because that doesn't help people like us. If the specialists are debating some matter about the virus and whatever else, even the ordinary GPs, for example, it is beyond their level too, then what about the public? What are they going to go into all those detailed studies and try to look into those detailed studies and try to get some kind of idea from... What are they going to... They must just follow their doctor after that. When the GPs finally get the detail of what is to be done and what's not to be done, they'll take the message from the GPs and carry on. So, likewise, in all these issues, we don't get into those things. Switch it off. Switch it off. That will be the biggest favor we do to ourselves. And spend the time in tilawat, in zikr, in dua, in tasbihat, in all the amal, and be tired, we rather rest. But avoid these futile activities. Avoid getting into all these futile things. Because these futile things then get us involved slowly in haram. There'll be some zibad, then we'll start making some kind of comments against somebody, and we don't know where we'll finish off. We'll make some comment this side, we'll make some comment that side, and sometimes, sometimes we don't know where we'll trip. And when we'll trip and fall sometimes, Allah forbid, we fall so hard we can't wake up. So, these are very sensitive things. we rather be on the safe path. As mentioned, we decide where we can take our guidance from. One personality, one person, where we feel our heart takes to, we feel that compatibility with him. And we then refer to that person, person for the advice and guidance. And we take his guidance and carry on. And inshallah we'll be safely guided. And we'll be very safe from many, many issues. So this is the very important thing. Number one, we totally give up all haram. And number two, we stay away from layani, from all this futility. And then together with that, we don't go to places that are not conducive. And we don't join company that is not conducive. Otherwise we will destroy everything. Or we will at least cause major damage. Or some degree of damage. Places that are not conducive. Now for example a person is going to the malls and here and there. We know what kind of environment is there. Presently in the lockdown. In fact in this kind of. From this end. It has saved us now. It has become a kind of blessing for us. In some way. We still ask Allah Ta'ala for afiyat that all these restrictions get uplifted. But we can't go to many places that in itself is a blessing for us for now. So in any case, places like the malls, etc. One is a person has no choice but to go there for some absolute work, that was some real necessity. Then within the limits and how to go with the gaze lowered, with the heart engaged in istighfar, the tongue engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, and all the time fearing and just getting that necessary work done and rushing out of there. But otherwise to totally avoid these places. Wherever there is a, an environment that is not conducive to stay far away from it. And any other place for that matter. This was just a, an example. Now there's some fair taking place and some Eid fair. And Allah knows best what not goes on. And people then are all collided there. What kind of environment is there? And... Allah knows best what will, how things will unfold this Ramadan, but maybe in a way all this will become like a blessing in disguise for us. That all these things will get cut off. Allah knows best. Allah Ta'ala protect us in any case. And 
people that are not conducive, somebody's company, in that company we get talking about things that are not in order, rebirth, etc. People who then cause us to waste our time, we stay far away. Now, if a person is sitting at home, but through the internet and what else, he's visiting the whole world, then what difference it made? He's still all over the place. And then visiting haram through that, visiting haram places through the internet, that is already a big problem. Or through social media, is in the wrong company, then this too has destroyed a lot. So this is what we have to now become conscious of. This Mubarak month is at our doorstep. Let us program ourselves. Let us try to make the maximum. And let us all the time remind ourselves about this Hadith Sharif that we discussed right at the beginning. That on the one side, there's so much to take. We know about the virtues of Ramadan. Every good action, that of, every fourth action a person does, multiplied 70 times. Every nafil multiplied to the reward of a fard, so much to take, so much of reward. And all the other benefits and fadail and virtues, so on the one hand, this is this treasure that is being just poured out. We need to take. And at the same time, this curse of Jibreel, we have to save ourselves from this. And how are we going to save ourselves? By staying away from sin, staying away from haram, using this Mubarak time correctly, not wasting it. Otherwise, Allah forbid, we end up in a worse situation than when we started off. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that this Mubarak month of Ramadan, we use it in the best manner. We uh, use every moment correctly. That layani, that is what it does. One of the greatest harms of the layani and futile things is it makes us waste the time. Now that person spent half an hour reading that news. At the end of that half an hour, what was the benefit? Zero. And in that half an hour he decided Quran Sharif on every letter 10 blessings minimum. Then in the month of Ramadan that got multiplied to the reward of one fard. Every letter now he's reading is getting rewarded to the reward of one fard. In half an hour how many ayat he would have recited, how many rukus he would have recited and it would amount to not hundreds but thousands of letters. And those thousands of letters how many rewards but now that half an hour went away in reading news. So what a tremendous loss. So this is what we have to now conscientize ourselves, conscientize our families, shut off all the devices, open the Quran Sharif now, and dedicate our time correctly. Inshallah, this Ramadan will become a transformation time. It will become a moment of connection with Allah wa Ta'ala. It will become a time to transform us into angels, Inshallah. Not that we'll become angels like the angels of Allah Ta'ala, but meaning those angelic qualities, inshallah, we'll also get some of it. So this requires, as we mentioned right at the beginning, sincere toba today, tonight, tomorrow, during the day, and then we keep refreshing the toba And together with that programming ourselves, let us sit down tonight, latest by tomorrow morning, and write out that program, and then together with that programming ourselves, what was the very important thing, staying away from all haram and staying away from futile things and staying away from people and places that are not conducive. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala accept. Allah ta'ala grant each one of us the tawfiq of doing the best. Allah ta'ala open out the doors of his rahmat. Allah ta'ala remove all the difficulties and hardships from the ummad. Allah ta'ala grant afiyat to one and all. Allah ta'ala blow the winds of hidayat and make us also among his pious and obedient servants. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين
save us from all futility, ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to recite the Quran Sharif excessively, ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, enable us to engage in your ibadat with sincerity, ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, ya Allah. Allah, you grant us a tawfiq, ya Allah. Grant the entire ummah tawfiq, ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, shut off all the vices and sins, ya Allah. Remove the sins from the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the ummah from the places of sin, ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, guide us all to your pleasure, ya Allah. Guide us to your pleasure, Ya Allah. Guide us to your pleasure, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put the true value of the Mubarak month in our hearts, Ya Allah. Put the greatness of this Mubarak month in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, we have been taking it so casually, Ya Allah. So lightly, Ya Allah. Such a great honor, Ya Allah. Such a great gift, Ya Allah. Such a great blessing, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. The whole world and its contents can't, Ya Allah, compared to one second of the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to value it, Ya Allah. Enable us to treasure it, Ya Allah. Enable us to use it correctly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make it a month of gaining taqwa for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make this month such that we gain the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you have granted this month, Ya Allah, for gaining taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a tawfiq of those amal that will become the means of gaining taqwa, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of that tawbah, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of istighfar, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from all sin, Ya Allah. Save us from layani, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you become pleased with us, Ya Allah. You become pleased with us, Ya Allah. You become pleased with us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. You accept our du'as, Ya Allah. Accept all the things we have asked for, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking and not ask, Ya Allah, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, once again, we beg of you, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, open the doors of your houses to us, Ya Allah. Open the doors of the masajid to us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make the Haramain Sharifin abad again, Ya Allah. And all this is closed up because of our sins, Ya Allah. It is closed up because of our sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, we are making Tawbah, Ya Allah. Allah, we are making Tawbah, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. You forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, you uplift all the sicknesses and viruses, Ya Allah. Allah, open out the doors of your houses to us, Ya Allah. Allah, don't deprive us, Ya Allah. Allah, open out the doors of all the work of Deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you guide us and protect us, Ya Allah. Allah, guide and protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, all the good that Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, begged for. Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sought refuge from, Allah, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-adhi al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi al-ma'in wa alhamdulillah